But then going and doing it now, taking just the purpose part of that equation and blowing it out and leading like Jesus leads to three other gifts that I believe does a couple of things. Allows us to have more joy now, more deep and meaningful relationships, and prepares us for heaven better. Welcome to the Center Memphis Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Snodgrass, and today I'm joined by the founder and executive director of the Center Memphis, Howard Graham, and our guest speaker this week, Andrew Beach, founder of Encore Initiative. The Center exists to define reality and offer hope for leaders in Memphis through the truth of God's Word applied to everyday life and work. We meet weekly to discuss leadership topics and offer personal one-on-one meetings to discuss your unique challenges and opportunities in work. We connect people to job opportunities and resource entrepreneurs to start new things. We also release content throughout the week that you can access on our website, thecentermemphis.org. Visit our website to learn more or sign up for an individual or group session today. Over the past nine months at the Center, we've been learning how to lead like Jesus, Week after week, we've studied everything from how Jesus managed risk to how Jesus navigated conflict and built an organization that stood the test of time. We've learned there isn't any leadership attribute or area of our lives that we're trying to grow in as a leader that Jesus is not the preeminent example of. Jesus is the greatest leader that ever lived and is the supreme example of everything we need in order to be better leaders and serve others. As we've learned what it means to lead like Jesus, we've learned what a privilege it is to serve others and that it is a reward. So in this podcast, we want to cover rewards more deeply. This brings us to our question for today. Howard, what are these resu- what are the rewards of leading like Jesus? Our minds uh, cannot think or imagine all that is rewarded to us, but we're going to cover three today. But first, let's just let's just recap a couple of things you said. One, it, this we just one of the things we just push back is that we try to pick up wisdom from around the world, try to pick up leadership attributes, when right there all along, for a couple of thousand years, we've had the preeminent example preeminent example of every leadership attribute we're looking for every single way we're looking to grow um is right there in jesus he he is that example um for sure and we prove we prove that with about 24 well up, up to, i think it was 32 topics all together we include our guest speakers uh this year but we proved it all semester long and so the first question i have uh, really i'll flip it on you guys because we're going to do all summers we're going to bring people in who have been leading this way, and uh, interview them. And so today we're going to start with our own Andrew Beach as, as, as our guest. But before that even, let me turn, some, um, turn on you guys and ask, what did you learn from this semester? What did you, you learn from this semester, Carter? There's a lot I learned this semester at the Center Howard, but one of the most impactful things I learned was from one of our guest speakers, Hamp Holcomb. Hamp is kind of funny, and one of the points he made is that there's nothing more disgusting than an adult male whiner. And while that's hilarious, uh, uh, after I laughed for a few seconds, I was like, oh, crap, that's me. Uh, And later on in the presentation, he said, circumstances don't define who we are. They reveal who we are. And I think in most circumstances, the person that's revealed when I'm whining and complaining is rather gross, uh, especially at work. 
And I think this semester, learning how to reframe those moments where I stop and I'm inwardly groaning about the work that I'm doing and responding with thanksgiving and gratitude and worship even, and just learning how to do that on a regular basis has been something that's been really transformative in my work that I've learned from the center this semester. Amazing. And that's perfectly consistent with Ken Blanchard's book on Lead Like Jesus. They, 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 a diagram in there, if we have to start with ourselves, we have, to, we, we, we have to know that we've received the gift. We have to know that we're applying it to our own lives to consistently help others and lead others in that way. And so I think that's great. We got, we got, we got to intake it first and start with us. Stop, start our own, stop our own whining before we tell somebody else to stop whining. Uh, and that did shock a few people in the audience just for a second. And then they realized he was so right. They, uh, they, got, they got over the shock. So, uh, Andrew, you, what, what, what are the main thing or things you learned? Uh, you just joined us uh, this semester. Uh, and you went full time. But what, what did, what, how did you learn to lead like Jesus? So, Howard, there were a few weeks uh, during the semester where you talked about Dallas Willard and, uh, and specifically talked about his combination of three things, the vision, the intention, and the means of work. And so when he talks about vision, that's the purpose of work. Uh, the intention is what we mean to accomplish, and then the means of doing that work and the means that come from that work, so the nickels that come out of doing the work and then how we're going to accomplish that work. And so in one of those messages, you said that our means or resource for doing good work is seeing God as our, our greatest strength, abiding in Jesus. And so John 15 says that if you abide in me and I in you, and if you remain in me and I in you, that you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so that has really rung true for me over the last several months, learning and being reminded to abide in Jesus, that leading like Jesus means abiding in him, relying on God and allowing him to be productive in me and through me for his name's sake, rather than in my own strength and my own plans. Well, and you've had some pretty big change in plans. So how does that, how's that practically apply to going from uh, working at a church? We're all in the big C. We're all in the big church. Uh, all the, uh, those who know and follow Jesus, all of those who are children of God, and yet you worked at one place, and now you're moving out, and working with people in the marketplace and helping them learn how to use some of the gifts and some of the ways they've led like Jesus in the, in the marketplace to then continue that in retirement. Uh, but what's that like to start over and how, do, how does this apply specifically to somebody who's just changed jobs in the last six months? Yeah, so actually a year ago this week, I was wrapping up 17 years of service on a, a church staff uh, that we still attend week by week. And in that context, in an established and thriving church, the audience, if you will, was provided to me week by week and day by day. And now in the transition to the center, I'm providing a service based on the needs of individuals. And I'm hoping that they want to live a great commission focused retirement, uh, which means engaging a lot of folks, going out, talking about what I'm doing, and hoping that that is something that they want to engage and want to do and want to live and want to enter into a process of um, transitioning their mindset into uh, a Great Commission focus. And so how does that relate to the rewards of leading like Jesus? Well, I'm tempted more than ever to think that the good things that I'm doing are, the, are what's actually producing good fruit, that because of the efforts that I have made, 
These things are happening as a result. But the reward of leading like Jesus is, is I'm pursuing folks, hoping that God will do mm. immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine, and asking God to uh, keep me anchored to him and abiding in him so that anything that comes out of the work that I'm doing is a result of his good, pleasing, and perfect will in my life, and that all that I would be able to do at the end of the day is say, none of this would have happened without God moving and at work in my circumstances in ways that I didn't even anticipate. Yeah. He went before you. He went above you. He went below you. He's, he's there all the time moving it. And knowing that uh, gives good confidence, right? So I want to now just recap the semester. I may get interrupted by these guys as we go to, to point something out, and that that make the podcast more entertaining and even, maybe even better. But um, – Let's just let's let's contrast some of what Andrew said before we recap the what I think are the three main rewards um, with the way the, the way many of us have been trained to think about work and that that is the rewards are money, recognition, power, uh, in, increase increases in, in those things as an in, individual moves up the hierarchy that we're kind of moving up all the time uh, and that requires self-promotion and self-protection uh, and leads to fear. Uh, but it dom- and but those things, pride and fear, dominate our leadership style versus uh, how we talked about leading like Jesus, which is uh, God glor- God's glory and focus and others people's needs and focus all the time. So Andrew covered I think that well, and we also saw in the middle of all this we had Easter, and we saw that we we primarily receive every gift from Him, and 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 again. To know you're his is, is, is most important. You don't go out and perform these gifts. So it's important to just cover the gospel uh, as we even think about temporary rewards. That, and it will separate knowing you're saved. It's all work, all done by Jesus. Knowing he did it completely. There's nothing we can do that, uh, that he's inviting us. And we need to receive that gift. And when we receive Jesus specifically, that comes with peace purpose and power that comes with a piece of knowing he's got us it comes with purpose a new life and a command to go and be a witness to go and do likewise as he did for us to do for others and to and uh to know and go and make disciples all that is really synonymous in a way to love others and then the power to actually do it he when we get to the end of ourselves that's what andrew was just talking about we realize that we've that we've got the power wait a minute i can't do it oh i need help i'm gonna pray I get the power of Jesus. All that's connected to salvation, all of it. And part of what we're saying about then fulfilling the purpose that you're given, and by the way, all that's on episode number X, <laughs> just back on peace, purpose, and power. You can look back through the notes, and we'll actually put it in the bottom of these show notes which podcast covers that well. But then going and doing it now, taking just the purpose part of that equation and blowing it out and leading like Jesus leads to three other gifts that I believe does a couple of things, allows us to have more joy now, more deep and meaningful relationships, and prepares us for heaven better. And to, to specifically name them, they'd be the, when we lead like Jesus, we have joy and confidence of living on purpose. We know, we get, we get reaffirmed by that. The, the money, power, uh, recognition caves in on itself when it's about me, 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 but then moving it toward... Uh, Leading like Jesus and glorifying God and helping others leads to joy and confidence. 
Uh, secondly, to know others better. The people we love and serve, we're going to know them better. We have deeper and more meaningful relationships. And thirdly, we're going to know Jesus better by doing it all the time, now and later. And I'll, we'll cover that when we get to that one. So the first one, the joy and confidence of living on purpose. In Hebrews, it says, don't throw away your confidence, which is a great reward. Um, that's Hebrews 10.35. But so you feel this, some of us who are athletes feel this in sports. You hit a golf shot that actually comes off the club. It happened to me accident a couple times perfectly. And you're, oh, that felt really good. So, oh, okay, that was, that's how that club's supposed to be used. Okay, another 4,000 shots weren't that way, but that felt good. Oh, or, or hitting a shot, throwing a pass. Uh, you see this in music when you hit a perfect note or sing, and you actually f fall in right with harmony. Uh, you see, there are times you see this in your life, but leadership is this same way. Leadership, we can know we're doing the right thing, and we get confirmed by that and get confidence and joy of doing it more. We've been covering the working genius, but no matter what your working genius, when you wonder a possibility for the good of others and give it to them, you receive joy. When you invent a solution that improves others' lives, you receive joy. When you discern the price uh, for a product that's good for the customer, the shareholders, and society as whole, you receive joy. When you galvanize a team now, uh, to, to, toward the mission of the company or something uh, worthwhile, you receive joy. Enabling others, getting people what they need to do their work better is uh, joy and confidence is a reception. And then tenaciously finishing a ta task, knocking something out, receives joy. All that creates confidence. All of that uh, is uh, comes together and lets you know you're doing what you're supposed to. Now, some of those we get more joy from than others. The way we're made is what we learn from Working Genius, and there'll be a link to that. We're going to give you a link to the Working Genius in this podcast, too, to take it to know which things give you the most joy. But doing all of that, all jobs are, are, involve all those things, and they all create joy at different times, but we are made to do certain ones better, and we've been helping people with that, and we'll do that. But here's what we know to, to wrap out this with one more scripture, this, this first reward, is that the work that anyone has built on the foundation of Jesus survives and he receives reward. And that's 1 Corinthians 3.14. Um, the second one, to know others better. If we lead like Jesus, we're going to have deeper and more meaningful relationships now. Try this in your personal relationships. Try this in your family relationships. Uh, and, but it's true for coworkers too. Uh, Ken Blanchard in the Lead Like Jesus book says, the rewards of love-based leadership are long-lasting relationships and, and incredible transformation that bring glory to the, the one you follow. This kind of leadership requires a model who transforms you as well as those you influence. His name is Jesus. So as you lead others and see them succeed, you're going to have this reciprocity and this relationship together. When you work on something hard together, you all know this, the deepest relationships you, you have, you've worked on something hard with them. As, as you struggle to finish something together, you get deeper relationships. So doing something hard together and then giving something, going to know somebody well enough to provide them a solution uh, that is love, that requires flourishing, will help you know them better. They'll know you better. There'll be parts you mess up, and you'll have to say you're sorry. I'm sorry. I was trying to, to lead you to a better place, but I did it wrong. I'm sorry. Now can we start over? And that, that, who said you had to do that, Andrew, before? I've had to apologize many times in my life. My wife will tell you. Even with the right motive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then, that, then the style's wrong. Well, the intention could be great, but could the means be. to do it 
didn't match what was needed at the time, and then you have to apologize and reconcile it and move forward. Huh, I worked Tuesday. It's not working on Thursday. I got, I got, I got, so I now know what's the difference, and I can learn. I can test and approve it. One of our favorite verses. We can test and approve what works at work, what times. Uh, we did learn. We, nobody's ever proven that uh, patience is not good. Uh, but but, but that's, a, that's a, deep, a deeper subject. We'll not come back to that right now. Now, in number three, you're going to know Jesus better. Yep. The reward of leading like Jesus is knowing Jesus better. The third, and maybe the most important, a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus now. When things work out, you'll go, huh, that gift was given to me by Jesus, my Savior, and I did it. And I was able to galvanize this troop this way, and they did it. Fabulous. Boy, I know a little bit more what's to be like him. But what about when you tried well? Andrew just said he had a good intention, and it didn't work out right. Even at home. That, this happens at home. It certainly happens even more at work. Uh, and, you're, and, you're mis, and maybe you're mistreated or misunderstood. Jesus is the greatest leader who ever lived. He's also the misunder, most misunderstood person who ever lived because he's been debated wrongly more about than anybody who's ever, who's ever lived. He's, he's been a stumbling uh, uh, place, a rock of offense to others, a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, it says in Scripture. So he's been mistreated for doing the right thing. Forget about when we do it wrong. We get to do something. He, one thing we get to do that he didn't get to do is apologize. So we, we do it wrong all day, and we get to apologize. That's, that's the only place we really can't model him. Uh, but every other way that we need to do, we can. So when you recommend the right solution for the right reason and they reject you, you can know you're right, and yet you still have to be patient and stay with them, and you then know what it's like to suffer uh, for, for doing exactly what's right. It might have cost you something, time, money, effort, to help somebody the right way, and they reject you. So here, here's a verse for that. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is Jesus saying this early in his ministry in the Sermon on the Mount. He's saying, wait, wait and see how they're going to persecute me. They're going to kill me for loving them well. They're going to kill me for loving them perfectly. And so uh, we, uh, there haven't been many uh, martyrs in uh, Christian business so far and people leading like Jesus. But what it would be to do that. Either way, you learn their dependency issues. Either way, I've got to lean into Jesus. Either way, you got to do exactly what Andrew said from the beginning of this. What he learned in his leadership was to lean into I'm, to Jesus. And when he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, remain in me, and you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're burned up. Paraphrasing here, you're nothing, worthless, fruitless, void. But if you remain in me, in my words, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That's not a magic pill. That's not a performance gospel. That's getting so close to the one who loves you the most that you can see clearly solutions for others and how to love them. And then not only are you going to know him, but you're going to become like him. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 gives us hope to do it now. As we, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Spirit. It's all spirit. This is where real freedom is, is what the verse is covered before this. But this is where if we lean into him, as we stare at him, as we gaze him, as we get up and get to know him in the morning and meet with him, as we walk down the street and drive in our cars, we're getting to know him and his character, and we're then able to display his character in our own because that's the gift he gives us. Uh, Tim Keller, recently we've been looking at his life, an amazing servant, I've learned so much about the gospel and so much about God's word from him. I can't really close out this podcast without giving a reflection that we put in a, a weekly wrap last week of him seeing 
uh, Jacob wrestled with God and show me, I won't let you go till you show me your glory. Jacob was already walking with a limp uh, by wrestling with God. He'd already been given a limp and now he wants to see his glory. Here's what Tim says about this for work. He says about that, this passage in Genesis, I've never been more moved than when I realized the fulfillment we've been looking for in work in building skyscrapers and have, having wonderful spouses and having lots of children and making money, the blessing we've been looking for is actually in the face of God. And Tim's seeing that face now. That's what he said the morning before he died, the day before he died. I saw it the morning before. But he said before, I, I just, I'm ready to meet him. I'm ready to see his face. And so here's what we know. When we do see him, we will be what we, what we don't know about this, what, this, what sounds mysterious about this, what sounds unimaginable to our own minds has not been made known. But when we know, when, we see, when Christ appears, we'll be like him. We shall see him as he is. And he will see us. And all these things will be perfectly clear. And that's in, that's in 1 John 3, 2. So our brother Tim is seeing that now. There are many, many people you know in your own lives who've lived this way who are seeing him now perfectly. So he's inviting us to do that now, to know him better, to maybe see him perfectly, maybe tomorrow, maybe in 70 years. But he's inviting us now into the life that is the way, the truth, and the life, which is Jesus. So I encourage you to accept that invitation today, to lead more like Jesus today. And uh, then daily as we lead others, you'll know him better. Thanks. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions about today's podcast or want to learn more about the center, please email us at info at thecentermemphis.org or go visit our website at thecentermemphis.org and schedule a meeting with us. We're happy to talk with you. See you next time.